Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your fight. We're in this game. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, and welcome to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me, as always, is my friend, the professional NHL better. You know him on gambling Twitter as So Money Sports. And So Money, as usual, we will start with a underdog right off the top of the show. And this one, uh, it's one of our favorites, I think we could say. Like, And, and I think it's been a favorite of uh, underdog betters in the NHL for a couple seasons now. A team that does like to punch above its weight and has over, especially under DJ Smith these past couple seasons, that's the Ottawa Senators. They're plus 225 at home, hosting the Carolina Hurricanes, who are minus 265. Both of these teams are playing on Monday night, so they'll be on a back-to-back. The only difference is Ottawa is home for, for both of their games, whereas Carolina will be traveling after a big game against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Monday night. So a little bit of a letdown spot here for Carolina. And Ottawa's offense, I think, is good enough to cause Carolina some trouble on defense. Carolina does give up a little bit uh, more than your average elite team, uh, so to speak, defensively. So I think there is a path to success here at a big number for Ottawa. It's not a fun bet to make. It's a bet that loses way more often than it wins, but it's an ugly board. And this is the only underdog that I think either one of us could could think of uh, getting behind on uh, Tuesday night. I agree with you. It is a, it is an ugly board. Um... With both teams here um, on the on the back to back, they they both started their um, their starting goalies on the first leg here, so we should see both both backups in this game. And um, as we've touched on, and as you just mentioned, um, Ottawa is a big dog. It's always going to pique my interest, especially if I Teravainen still can't go, and Ottawa is starting to get healthy now. I do have um, Anti Rantas rated slightly higher than Forsberg at this moment. But I can get on Ottawa if Carolina takes some money in the in, in the morning. I'm not far away, but I just need that number to uh, take up just a little bit for me to um, for me to get on this ends. Yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if it does, especially Carolina, uh, if they do win in Toronto on Monday night, because I don't really think there are going to be too many people out there like you and I looking to back this Ottawa team right now, especially against an elite team like Carolina. People tend to uh, value their sanity, I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Especially in this NHL era, uh, the past few seasons where we've seen favorites and big favorites, especially just clip at a, at a historic rate. So 
you know, maybe the senators buck that trend on Tuesday night and, and put some money in our pocket. The senators are a bad team. That New Jersey Devils are a bad team. The Montreal Canadiens are an absolutely terrible team. And the Devils <laughs> will be taking on the Canadians on Tuesday night. They're plus 105, a rare game where Montreal is a favorite, minus 125 at home. The over-under here is six. Uh, the Devils are on a back-to-back here. They're playing Nico Dawes in net against the Senators on Monday night. So it looks like we'll be seeing John Gillies in goal for, for New Jersey on Tuesday night. That's not a good thing. So that's why we're seeing Montreal, a terrible, terrible team, on pace to be one of the worst in the shootout era. Uh, the season. That's why we're seeing them as a favorite here. But this price, I mean, I can't, I just can't possibly get involved in this one. I can't imagine laying chalk with, with Montreal and, and I'm a little bit closer to them than I am with New Jersey, considering the spot and the goaltending scenario. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> where do I start here? So uh, when we had the, when we had the layout here um, for the, for the episode, when I saw New Jersey, Montreal pop up, my only response was a big LOL. Um, it's, <laughs> It's funny seeing the Habs favored over anybody right now, but without Jack Hughes, Dougie Hamilton on the second leg of a back-to-back, and when you consider the Devils' goaltending situation, which we've discussed many times here, we can see how the number and the Habs being favored, it, it makes sense. And of course, speaking of goaltending issues, the last time we saw the Habs, they had given up at least five goals in four consecutive games, trying to navigate the schedule here with uh, Primo and um, Montembeau who will get the start, and he is a upgrade, if you can call it that, over Primo right now, but laying with him, um, it it doesn't interest me. Uh, the game as a whole doesn't interest me. Um, all the best to you if you have money here. Yeah, seriously, uh, it's a truly heroic uh, deed if you are betting either one of these teams on, uh, on Tuesday night. Uh, a, a little bit of a more palatable matchup in the Metro Division, this Columbus Blue Jackets plus 215, uh, taking on the Washington Capitals, minus 255. The over-under here is six, another 7 p.m. start. I like the uh, Senators. The, the Blue Jackets prior to the season had a little bit, or prior to last season, you could say, had a reputation of a team that punched above its weight. Uh, that's not been really been the case for them this season. They are just way too leaky defensively. Last in goals against at 5-on-5. Five five, last in expected goals against at 5-on-5. Five five, 31st in uh, shot attempts allowed at 5-on-5. Five five. Their goaltending has not been able to bail them out of many situations. They've just been a mess. I mean, they're as simple as that. This is a team that under John Tortorella, at least, they had some structure, some discipline, and and a commitment to defense. Not the case anymore. They're 6-9 and in their last 15 with a minus 19 uh, goal differential and 4.26 goals against per game in that span. And after saying all that, I'm a little bit tempted because you're catching Washington at at a decent time. The Caps are 7-7-2 over their last 16 with a minus five goal differential. Alex Ovechkin was in COVID protocol because he didn't want to go to the uh, the All-Star game. <laughs> Who knows if he's back. Uh, and the goaltending for for Washington and the defense, they're a little leaky. So I think it's it's not a terrible spot, I don't think, for Columbus. But this number would have to tick up on the road for me to get involved. Anything for you? Yeah, with the with the Capitals uh, recalling Copley, it does look like that uh, Vatinchek's injury is going to keep him out on Tuesday night, which means we should see um, Ilya Samsonov get the start. Ovechkin should be back, um, if my understanding of the COVID rules are correct, and it's possible we could see Oshie too, but I'm a little um, hesitant with saying that. Um, nothing has changed for the Blue Jackets here. Uh, they're still 
they're so plagued by inconsistent goaltending and poor defensive play. And with the potential goalie matchup and possibly getting a couple of offensive drivers back, I am interested in the uh, in the over. But of course, we'll have to wait for those pieces to fall in place before um, before we look that way. An eight o'clock start in the Central Minnesota minus one forty on the road traveling to Winnipeg plus one twenty. Dover under here is six. Uh, the Jets are five seven and two under new head coach Dave Lowry minus twelve goal differential in that span and only 36 goals scored. That's just under 2.6 per game, which is a little surprising for a team that has uh, a deep forward core and some defensemen who can move the puck pretty well in, in uh, Nate Schmidt, Neil Pionk. Uh, this is a, a team that has the pieces to be better than, than their record shows. And I think you and I are both in agreement that it wouldn't be a surprise to see Winnipeg slowly put their season back together over the second half. I think this is a pretty good spot to buy low on the Jets, sell high in the wild. Uh, Minnesota's 9-0-1 in their last 10, and they had a six-game winning streak heading into the break. However, this is a team that I I still think they're not in that class of like the Carolinas we talked about before, Toronto, Pittsburgh, whoever whoever else you want to throw in that mix. This is a good team, not a great team, and I think this is a pretty good spot to sell high on the wild, and you're getting a, a decent spot. Like I said, you're, this is a classic buy low, sell high. Matt Dumba is going to be out for the wild, so a little bit of a ding there too. So give me Winnipeg here. I think plus 120 is a good number at home on the Jets, a team. Both of these teams, drives, they both drive me nuts, but uh, I'll get back into it with, with Winnipeg here. How about you? I think we all know how uh, difficult this game is for me personally. Um, the Wild, they have put together six consecutive wins before their break, but to provide additional context to that, uh, five of those wins were against teams that are probably going to miss the playoffs this year. And um, for the Jets, I mean, overall, I have been changing my outlook on them as the season has progressed. Hellebuck's injury, um, sorry, his inconsistent numbers this season and the never-ending injuries that this team continues to suffer, it, it has got me there. One thing I do want to point out is that the Jets this season and where, where I continue to have them in my numbers and what pops up for me every morning, they are a perfect example of the importance of having a subjective element to your, to your numbers that you make. So even when I adjust for the guys being out for the Jets and considering how low I am on the wild in general, I would continue to play the Jets because that's what my numbers say. Now, at some point, you do have to realize and understand when your numbers are lagging behind what the true performance is for a team. So um, I know that I'm going to show an edge on the Jets, um, but considering their depleted roster, I will reluctantly pass on this game. Yeah, you, you have uh, more self-control than I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm just itching to get back in after after the all-star break, I guess. Uh, all right, before we get to our top shelf bets, uh, we'll close it up with a team near and dear to your heart. That's the Vancouver Canucks. They're minus 240. Home favorites taking on the affable Arizona Coyotes plus 205 on the road. The over-under here is five and a half. The Coyotes, like the, the Canadians, are on pace to be you know one of the worst 10 teams we've seen in the shootout era. But it doesn't really feel that way, especially over the last month or so. Uh, this team has put together some uh, modest performances, I'll say, because I don't want to say good, right? They're, they haven't been good, but they've, they've hung with teams. They've, they've dragged games deep into the night. And Arizona is 5-9-2 since the break. That's one more win than they had from opening night to December 19th. That's a huge improvement for this team. Uh, maybe Andre Turinney should should be giving some uh, Jack Adams love for, for turning, oh, wow. this, for, <laughs> turning <laughs> this team around. Uh, we know Vancouver right now, what they've been doing under Bruce Boudreau, 12-5-4. and four. They're still first overall in five on five goals against, but a very good defensive team. I don't think anyone's really saw that coming. 
we all knew they had good goaltending, but yeah, this was a team was so leaky under Travis Green that in the previous seasons, it's still pretty surprising to see them near the top in that stat. I want to get behind Arizona here. The number's just still too low. I think that you are seeing a team that, uh, like you said, a subjective element is is needed, especially in hockey. And, and this team is is not like the Canadians. They're not really playing out of string. This is a team that's that's playing hard every night. They're actually not terrible to watch anymore. So Arizona, to me, they're tempting, but I'll probably pass here reluctantly. Uh, anything for you? Yeah, I mean, for, for a team that doesn't generate anything from the back end as it is, uh, Quinn Hughes being out tomorrow is just um, – it's just devastating offensively for the Canucks here, in my opinion. Um, we did ride the Canucks overs for a bit there, but they are backed, um, as you mentioned, to being a solidly defensive team now. Um, the Coyotes have been interesting this season because overall I profile them as an under team with inconsistent goaltending, but they found themselves in high event games recently as well, which is strange here. But um, in this matchup, I would be surprised if either team has the capability to open up against the other. But it's very difficult to uh, trust the Coyotes' goaltending. Vamelka should get the start here. But even with him showing the ability to uh, to put up outstanding numbers, I also can't justify laying, laying this number with the Canucks as well. In the end, I would have interest in the under, but I can't get behind the Arizona goaltending. Um, however, my tune will change if I can pick off a cheaper five and a half in the morning. Yeah, Vamelka is one of the strange underlying stories to the season. Yeah. Every two weeks, you'd say, maybe three weeks against <laughs> against a great team, he just stands on his head. But then in the in the games in between, uh, he, he does seem to be human after all. Uh, and he's he was a complete unknown coming into the season, and he's going to be a complete unknown coming out of the season as well, <laughs> I think. Uh, with that, we'll move on to Top Shelf Bets, our favorite bets for Tuesday, February 8th, 2022. Top Shelf, where Mama your game is earlier than mine, so I'll let you start. Yeah, so I'm going in Boston um, for the Penguins uh, versus the Bruins. I do think that the break um, is going to help the Penguins here immensely. After an outstanding start to January, it it looked like their schedule started catching up with them a bit. They did lose four straight heading into the break. I'm not prepared to penalize them too much for their slump, considering that they did play eight games in 13 days, and three of those losses were in overtime. But there are a couple of concerns that have kind of creeped up in my mind here when I look at the Penguins. Uh, For a team that prides itself on strong defensive play and limiting odd man rushes, we've seen them struggle to maintain that level recently. I'm also concerned about Jari's workload. Even though uh, DeSmith uh, looked good in his last game, the team is clearly having a difficult time trusting him right now. Again, uh, these are long-term considerations because the defensive issues may be explained by the schedule and some defensive injuries, while my concerns for Jari can be alleviated with um, DeSmith finding his game or the Penguins acquiring some help and goal. For their game against the against the Bruins, though, and with Malkin now in um, COVID protocol, the Penguins' depth is going to be challenged here. And the Bruins are continuing to demonstrate strong defensive play, even though their game totals don't necessarily support that. Um, which I which I attribute to subpar goaltending that they've been receiving recently. Transaction note here, they did recall Jeremy Swayman and he will get the start, which is exactly what I was looking for since I have um, Omar continuing to regress after a pretty good start to the season. So I will be on the under in this game. I want to target a plus money five and a half or a cheap six. And I think that I will be able to get that on um, on Tuesday morning. 
Yeah, I'm I'm interested to see the the Penguins. They're plus one ten right now. The Bruins minus one thirty at home, and the over unders uh, sitting at six. Uh, we'll see where that goes. But we've we've talked a lot about how the Penguins catch a lot of money on the morning of game days when the when the market truly opens. And I wonder if that'll be the case here. They're playing a great team, and like you said, they they did struggle uh, heading into the All Star break. I'm with you with the Jari thing. Like the the Penguins are very interesting to me because I can see them in June. Us all like shaking our heads and being like, "How did we not see this coming in the beginning of the season?" When Sidney Crosby skating around with the Stanley Cup above his head again. But at the same time, like I can also see us being like, "Why did we get caught up in the Penguins being a really good team when Tristan Jari? We saw last year he really, really did struggle, and then yeah. he." basically blew i want to like I'm, i'll give a lot of credit to the islanders for the way they played in that series against the penguins but he was the difference the difference was a goaltending sorokin was really good jari was not so i I've, i'm with you here if you are looking for penguins futures i think you're betting on them going out and, and acquiring a deputy for for the penguins maybe mark andre Fleury, who knows uh just somebody to have more confidence in than like you said casey to smith but in terms of the short term i think this this number is lined about right at the moment uh, i would be interested in boston if, if that penguins money comes in again if they're like minus 120 with Swayman and goal, Tuka Rask minus 6.9 goals saved below expected in his four starts. So he's uh, got to get himself situated. I wonder if this um, he's been off this for practice. I wonder if they're like making an injury so he can get another conditioning stint in the AHL because he didn't get one. That's something to keep an eye on. But yeah, to me of the three goalies for Boston, Swayman's the best option right now. Uh, so that makes sense. Two good defensive teams. That's probably the best possible goaltending matchup you can get out of them. So the under does make some sense here. Uh, for my favorite bet, I like the Vegas Golden Knights. They're minus 110 traveling to Edmonton. The over-under here is six and a half, uh, 9 p.m. puck drop in Alberta. I like the Knights. I think, like I was talking about earlier with the Jets and the Wild, I think you're getting a pretty good opportunity here to sell high on the Oilers. They responded really well to that 0-5-2 stretch. They went 5-0-1 going into the break. They were driving play really well, 53.5% expected goal rate. However, Mike Smith will get the start in goal with uh, Miko Koskinen in, or it, it, it's almost a guarantee that he should start, I should say, with, with Koskinen in COVID protocol. There was some talk about whether his test would be ruled a false positive, but just assuming that it's going to be Smith right now, I think Vegas at, at a pick on even on the road, they're a better team. You're getting a good number because, like I said, the Oilers were hot going into a stretch, and Vegas has been up and down all season. I think the goaltending matchup, Robin Leonard, quietly been one of the best goalies in the league this season, gives Vegas a pretty decent edge over the Oilers here. So minus 120 or better, I like the Knights on the road. And a team to watch out for is Jack Eichel was in a non-contact jersey and they need to clear some cap space to get under the cap for when he comes back. So there could be some movement there. Uh, anything for you, Golden Knights and Oilers? Yeah, this is a, this is a tough game here. I'm, I'm, I've mentioned a few times now that uh, over the last couple of weeks that these are a couple of teams that I want to bet on as they both get healthier. And we are starting to see stronger play from both now. Vegas is still banged up. You did mention Eichel. He'll return soon, it looks like here. Uh, they'll also be without uh, Martinez and White Cloud, who are not going to be ready for the Edmonton game. Um, and it's not surprising to see the Oilers generate more offense lately with uh, Kane inserted in the lineup and Nugent Hopkins solidifying that top six. As of right now, I'm neutral, but depending on um, Chandler Stevenson's status, who's a major driver for that team offensively, I would be interested in the in the over in this game. Leonard does continue to uh, trend positively for me, but my concern here with the Oilers would be Smith coming back from a long layoff here. I think that might not bode well for him here against the Vegas team. 
Yeah, I think the goaltending matchup, sometimes you get, you can act on them, and I think this is one to do so. Like you said, long time on the shelf for the ageless Mike Smith, who's not been too hot this season after a really good year last year. And with that, uh, wraps up another episode of Line Change for So Many Sports for Michael Leboff. We wish you the best of luck on Tuesday night with your NHL bets, and we will see you on Thursday morning. <laughs>